welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we watch and react and review movies from the IMDb Top 250, but we also do films that are not on the IMDb Top 250, including franchise films. And this week, we are back into our Star Wars saga with, of course, Solo, a Star Wars story. And I can't do this alone. I've got to bring in my amazing podcast friend. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, no, no, wait, wait. I've got something else I can say. And much like this movie, I can't do this podcast solo. I need to bring my podcasting brother in. Dean, how are you, mate? Yes, I'm very well. I thought I thought for a minute there you were going to miss the opportunity to uh, drop an early solo pun into the uh, the podcast here. So, no, well done on uh, going back and re-editing and correcting yourself, Hendo. Yeah, very clever, very clever. No one will ever hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes, we're done with the prequel trilogy. We're into the little spin-offs here. We've got two to get to before we get into the OG trilogy. And, of course, the first one is Solo, a Star Wars story. What's your uh, expectations for this, Dean? Can I just say, I tried to convince someone <laughs> that the prequels were the OGs and that the, the OGs are the, uh, you know, the Force Awakens. Okay. Did it work? I mean... It was it was a joke, but uh, I, I feel like it was well received. Anyway, what would you ask me? What are my expectations? I mean, you know, pretty low, if I'm being honest, Hendo. I saw this once when it came out, and it didn't wow me then. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my expectations then were too high, and I'm going to watch this and come away with it, that it's a much better film than I remember. What about you, Hendo? I mean, we've just come off the pretty decent high for Revenge of the Sith, so... I don't, I don't know what to expect with this one. I, I, I don't want to say it's not going to be as good and then just have that as my expectation throughout it and just go in like, yeah, I figured, I figured as much. I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll have a blank slate here. I'll try and keep an open mind. Well, you are, you are a blank slate, Hendo, so should work well. I'll take that as a compliment. That's not how it was intended. All right, but before we get to the reaction... Give me the update. Wow, a top 250 update. Ooh. Yeah, we'll do it every couple of weeks. Is there, is there big news, Hendo? Not really. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Batman has dropped 15 spots down to 146. Ah, okay. One of the other big... Like, there's actually been a couple of big ups and downs here. What about Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man gone down eight spots. It's at 86 now. Okay. That's probably going to be there a while then. One of the big drops here. Hachi is down nine spots what? to 234. What? How is that possible? That just happened. That's how it is. But then you're looking at some of the other films that have gone up here. We're looking at... Uh, the Battle of Algiers, To Be or Not To Be, The General, Wild Tales, they've all moved up at least five spots here. So there's a big big shift again. Not a huge one like the, the massive shakeup we had, but there are a couple of big movies going up and down here. The only real big change here is Dances With Wolves has dropped out of the list. It was right down at the bottom. Mm. And in its place is a movie we've spoken about before. Rafifi is back in the list. When you say spoken about, you mean in passing, yeah? I mean on an episode breakdown called Rafifi. Is that the um the heist film? Yes. Is it black and white? Yes. Is it like one of the original heist films that so that many heist films like Yeah, okay. I feel like that's pretty low on the two on the on my ranking, isn't it? Uh, mine too. Fair enough. What else you got? That's it. We'll come back to it in two weeks. Wow. Thank you for that. And I appreciate that. As do I'm sure Every single one of our listeners. Absolutely. All right. We are going to get into this reaction. Now, you can watch our reaction on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the movie journey. If you are at all interested in checking out the full length reaction to this, as well as our audio commentary, you can go and check out patreon.com slash the movie journey, where we have plenty of other full length reactions and audio commentaries for all the films we've done so far and we will be doing in the future. And a massive shout out to all of our patrons who support us every week. Your generosity is well received as always. 
Yeah, thanks so much, everyone. All right, Dean, let's go watch this movie. Let's do it. All right, Dean, we just finished watching Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, my God. How did we survive that, Hendo? We survived it because we knew we were going to come back here and talk about it freely. Freely, without prejudice. (laughs) All right, Dean, let's get into it. Star Wars, not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. It's Solo, a Star Wars story released in 2018, starring Olden Ehrenreich. Olden Ehrenreich. Hold on. That's his name. What? Olden Ehrenreich. Alden? Alden? Alden Ehrenreich. He should have a stage name. And I swear to God, if that's his stage name, then he has been misled by someone. That, Woody Harrelson. That No, no, no. I'm not done with this guy. That name is ridiculous, right? This is Han Solo reincarnate and no one knows this guy's name. It's madness. Madness. The only thing I remember seeing him in before this movie was even in consideration was he was in the Coen Brothers Hail Caesar. Yeah, I never watched that. Was he any good in it? Uh, he was, um, not really. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, Tandy Newton, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Junis Suotamo, and Paul Bettany. Written by Jonathan Caston and Lawrence Caston. Directed by Ron Howard. Actually completely forgot that he did this movie. Really? It's got his yeah. signature style stamped all over it. You always know a Ron Howard film. Like what? Justice League? Yeah. No, it's just Whedon, wasn't it? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Justice League. Uh, I, was talking, I, was talking, right, I, kept, I kept thinking about because with this story, stop, how they had okay. the previous directors on, and they got other directors colors. in. Wow. Well, what's the what's the Ron Howard um, trademarks that you're talking about? Uh, I have no idea. I was I was being facetious. I don't think he has a trademark. Cinematography by Bradford Young, who has one Academy Award nomination for Arrival. Oh. Yeah, it looks really nice. Now, we normally say for a Star Wars film, music by John Williams. He only came in to do one song for this movie, and it was the Han Solo theme song. All the rest of it was done by John Powell, who we spoke about not too long ago with Face Off. Yeah, definitely uh, underwhelming, I found, our pal in this film. Jesus Christ, Powell, you could have made a better score. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you kick it off with your trivia, Dean? All right, I've spoken a lot here. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's get into uh, one of the big things about this film. Obviously, it had, you know, off-camera off issues aplenty. So, what have we got here? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. So, Lord and Miller, what do you know them from, Hendo? Most notably in terms of movies, the Spider-Verse movie. Yes. So, Lord and Miller left as writers of The Flash, the Flash movie, which was meant to come out. Or is meant to come out next year, I think, is it, Hendo? It says 2023 on your trivia there, Dean, so I'm going to say yes. To work on this film. They and original editor Chris Dickens left halfway through production, citing irreconcilable differences with producer Kathleen Kennedy and co-writer Lawrence Kasten. A studio report reveals that Lord and Miller's comedic screwball tone and freewheeling approach angered Kasten, who wanted the film shot the way it was written. It also angered other production department heads who complained directly to Kennedy. The final straw came during a two-week break while production moved from the UK to the Canary Islands. Kennedy, Kasten and replacement editor Pietro Scalia were shocked at the footage they saw and decided to fire Lord and Miller. Holy shit, Hendo. I'd love to see that footage. I mean... If this film needs something... Release the Lord and Miller cut. <laughs> it is a screwball tone and freewheeling approach. Uh, I feel like this writer has got his knickers in a knot here because they're not going off exactly 
what he wrote down. Like, mate, come on. You had something good that could have been here. Let Lord and Miller have fun. They certainly showed uh, them when they came back and did uh, Spider-Verse. Yeah, exactly. Harrison Ford revealed that he's seen the movie and thinks it's phenomenal, but skipped out on the premiere with the rest of the cast because he didn't want to steal Alden Ehrenreich's (laughs) moment of glory. (laughs) At least he realised it was a moment of glory, uh, one which he will never have again. Dryden Voss's facial stripes were added in post-production. According to Paul Bettany, he didn't know about them until he saw a photo Ron Howard sent to him. Uh, okay, there's some CGI. I guess I didn't know it was CGI, so good on it. Just go back to Harrison Ford. I doubt he saw the fucking movie when that happened. I can't imagine him ever saying the word phenomenal either. Harrison, what do you think of the solar movie? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, get out of my face. <laughs> this is the first Star Wars film in the official canon where nobody speaks the word Jedi. Yeah, I think there's a lot of firsts for this film, to be honest. I'm pretty sure they don't say the word Skywalker in it either. Do they say Skywalker in Rogue One? No. Why would they? Yeah. Nah, there you go. Han speaks to Chewie in the Wookiee language. It's the first time a non-Wookiee speaks the language and the first time the language is translated on screen with subtitles. And the first time an entire cinema roared with laughter when it happened. Because <laughs> oh, of how ridiculous it was. Ah, okay. Laughed at it. Good. All right. Yes. Uh, it was noted in Star Wars, A New Hope, that stormtroopers do not form the primary ranks of the Imperial Army and are in fact supposed to be the elite mooks. It's the mooks. It's the moops. <laughs> this finally plays out with the introduction of the Imperial Infantry, who, as shown in the Battle of Mimban, are mostly green conscripts like Han and really are so terrified, untrained and incompetent that stormtroopers qualify as elite soldiers by comparison. I mean, if you've got an army of clones, you're going to use them. I felt like I just said a lot of words. I didn't really understand that, but I'll go with it. You didn't understand what you said. Basically, stormtroopers are not the worst. They're not the lowest rank. They're not the worst. No. As bad as they are, there's worse. I mean, we've already seen that. We had the battle droids. Yeah. After Ron Howard came on board, there was a question about who would receive the directing credit. So the directing guild rules state that a person who shot 90% of a film would get directing credit. Howard reshot 80% of Lord and Miller's footage. Wonder which parts. I wonder what the twenty percent is. Lord and Miller. Probably all the goofy parts. Maybe the stuff for like L three. Ugh. Okay. As a compromise, Lord and Miller got executive producer credit, and Howard got the director's credit. Wonder what Lord and Miller got paid for this. Must have had a decent payout. I reckon they would have, especially when they got an executive producer credit as well. They would have got some money for their a lot of their time. Hmm. I'll, why do I get the, <laughs> the stuff that I have to say this guy's name every time so far? <laughs> Here we go. Alden Ehrenreich. Was the, can I just say Alden? No, I'm going, to say more. I'm going to say it every single time. Was the first actor to audition for Lord and Miller. The director said in July 2016 that while they liked a lot of the other actors with whom they read, they increasingly said the first guy we saw was the best for the part. Wow. Is it because he kind of looks like a young Han Solo? Did it really matter after that point? You think it was just looks based? Why not? I don't know. Han Solo was originally going to appear during the Battle of Kashyyyk in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, in which mm-hmm. an orphan 10-year-old Han, who is being raised by Chewie, helps Obi-Wan to locate and find General Grievous by finding part of a transmitter droid that was sending sing- signals from Utapau. Pi? You're just recycling uh, trivia from Episode 3, are you? Was this in Episode 3? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, 
I'm glad they didn't do that because then we wouldn't have got their introduction in this film, which was so we memorable. We wouldn't have got the, the iconic speaking Wookiee. Yeah. Let's see. Han bears a scar on his chin, which is only barely noticeable in some shots. It's a recreation of the scar Harrison Ford has in real life, which is also visible in every Star Wars and Indiana Jones movie he appeared in. I'm sorry, the trivia is pretty average for this film. Most of the trivia for this film, as I was going through it, is like, oh, here is XYZ, which appeared briefly in this film. I'm just like, oh my god. This actor and this actor worked on this film together. This this thing, this whole movie is just like callbacks and call forwards to other Star Wars films. Like it's just That piece of trivia though, that that kind of reminds me of Once Upon a Time in America, where they got the 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 kid who played young noodles to they put the the Robert De Niro mole oh, on yeah, his face. The mole, yeah, nice. <laughs> Woody Harrelson was picked over Christian Bale as Han's mentor. Hmm. Hmm. I can't imagine Christian Bale in a Star Wars film. Can you imagine him in an MCU film? Yes, I can imagine him in Thor, Love and Thunder, Hendo. Have you seen the still image of him and his get-up? Yeah, I mean, just just some some weird white dude. Yep, that's what it is. Yep. The hollow, hollow, the hollow, the hollow chess game is animated the same way as it was done in Star Wars, A New Hope, with stop-motion animation. Okay. You, can, you, tell, you can tell. Go back to our Star list. Wars. There's like... <laughs> There's like six or seven pieces of trivia that is one sentence, like two lines, one sentence long. <laughs> this is the first Star Wars movie not to feature anyone from the Skywalker bloodline. Hmm. Although Han Solo later joins the family by marriage. There you go. Oh, what spoilers. <laughs> During an interview on the Graham Norton show, Phoebe Waller-Bridge said that prior to her casting, she had never seen a Star Wars movie and didn't know what a droid was. Okay. She decided <laughs> to play L337 as a human in her audition when one of the directors asked her if she could be more droidy while making a mechanical hand gesture she deduced that droids are robots. Although the casting director asked her to try it again, they liked her original interpretation of the character and gave her the part. Surely if you're auditioning for a Star Wars film, you know the character you're auditioning for. Your agent would tell you, hey, you're auditioning for droid L3, blah, blah, blah. This is the first Star Wars film by an Academy Award winning director and the third by an Academy Award nominating director after George Lucas and Lawrence Kasten. You really hit that bottom of the barrel quickly, didn't you? I like this next one. I do like this next one. You do this. Does it have his name in it? Okay, it doesn't. Charlie Cox lobbied for the title role and even had a screen test with the producers. He was eventually turned down as they feared that his tendency not to keep eye contact, a trait required for his betrayal of a blind man in Daredevil, weakens (laughs) the character betrayal. Wow. Surely, surely he could look people in the eye. Uh, all right, here we go. First Star Wars film that a lightsaber was not used in battle. Crazy. First, First Star, Star Wars, Wars movie, movie with an opening scene that isn't set in space. <laughs> oh, okay. L3's memory is uploaded to the Millennium Falcon in the radio adaptation of The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> C-3PO says he's having difficulty talking to the Falcon's computer. Because she is rather rude. And there you go. Now we get the backstory for why the Falcon is rude. It's all good stuff. <laughs> I remember the radio adaptation back in 1980. The Millennium Falcon starts to make its classic beeps and boops only after L3 has been uploaded into the ship. Got a, I, I was wondering where those classic beeps and boops were. Darth Maul's appearance in the, fin- in the finale yep, was kept a secret until the film's release. Ray Park reprised the physical role of Maul 
from The Phantom Menace. Physical only though, the voice was supplied by Sam Witwer, who voiced Maul on Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. You seen The Clone Wars and Rebels? Mm, nope. You? I Neither mean, have I. Is, yeah, why am I asking you? And lastly here, Darth Maul was originally not meant to be in the film, but during the writing process, the head of the Crimson Dawn was referred to as Boss, and a list of potential characters to fill the role included Darth Maul. Ron Howard lobbied hard for Darth Maul to fill that position, and it ended up in the final film. Okay, trying to set up a, a solo sequel with that little reveal at the end there? I mean, were they? Uh, every film like these is trying to set up another film coming up. Give yeah, you that little okay. hint. Ooh. Okay, they mu- yeah, you're right. They must have been trying to set up a sequel because you bring in Darth Maul for one tiny cameo. But I think more importantly, the movie ends with Kira turning on him and flying away. Like, what's, yeah. what's the rest of her story? Like, there's still more story to be told there. And they just didn't get a chance because this film wasn't well received. Yeah, not only that, but with a budget of $300 million, it grossed $393 million Ooh, worldwide. That's, yes, that's a loss. It, it was reported the film needed to gross at least $500 million worldwide to break even. So, not Ouch. a success for Solo. Did get one Academy Award nomination for Best Sound. Visual Effects. Oh, really? No. Really? Which, which was nominated alongside Christopher Robin, Ready Player One, and Avengers Infinity War, and they all lost to First Man. Really? Yes. Well, there you go. First Man, visual effects. Yeah. Okay. It's out in space. It is out in space. Lots of deep blacks. Yes, lots of spaceships. <laughs> anyway, let's look at the scores for Solo. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this a 69%, saying a flawed yet fun and fast-paced space adventure Solo A Star Wars Story should satisfy newcomers to the saga, as well as long-time fans who can check their expectations at the theatre door. Rotten Tomatoes audience have it a little bit lower than the critics at 64%. Metacritic have it at 62 Letterboxd give it a 3.0, and IMDb have this at 6.9. All right. Dean, mm. Solo is and over. It is. Let's, uh, let, let's kick it off with the good here. What did you like about this film? Alden. Say his last name. Say it. Rockenback. I can't even remember what it was. Elden. Aaron Reich? Is it Aaron Reich? I've got rid of my trivia. Alden. Aaron Reich? Yeah, I think it was. I think that's right. It's like E H R E N R E I C H or something. Yeah, it's Aaron Reich. Yeah, Aaron Reich. I thought he was actually good. Yeah, I think his name's terrible, and literally his name is stopping him from having a big career in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a really decent job. I thought he captured the essence of Han Solo. He wasn't too much just like trying to do a Harrison Ford impersonation. I thought he. I mean, he's. I assume he's in every scene. He holds this film together quite well, I would say. What do you think I'll, of him? I'll, I'll agree with that. I think he he definitely brings a nice swagger and a good charm to the character. Like he, You can tell that he's watched a lot of Harrison Ford in the role and picked up on a lot of the traits and the way Han Solo acts when he's older. So I, I give him big kudos because I think his performance was was quite good. Good. Chewy's awesome. More chewy the better. Loved yeah, it. Chewy's Chewy's good. I mean, I'm not I'm not like a huge chewy guy. He's, I mean, I'm not either, but he was it was good. He was good in this movie. Yeah. They played off each other pretty well. My next good is also probably a big bad for me as well. Mm. Why why is that? Mm. Your good is also a bad. So, my good is 
Darth Maul's in this, right? How good's that? Yeah. How good's yes, that it was moment? Very I, good. I remember seeing this this moment in the cinema. Like, I had no idea. I was like, holy shit. Like, you hear about, or I'd heard about him being pieced back together or whatever, gets his robot legs and all this in the cartoons and all that stuff. But I don't really watch them, so. Uh, but- don't call them cartoons. You're going to get destroyed. Call them animations, all right, please? <laughs> <laughs> but why not just get rid of this boss guy, get rid of Paul Bettany. Boss and make- Nass. Boss Nass. Just make Darth Maul the guy that they're reporting to. No, because then you don't get a chance to set up a sequel. Wait, just throw the Emperor as a hologram at the end. Who cares? Like, seriously. <laughs> Emperor, he's back. <laughs> I mean, he's ruling the galaxy right now. He's not back. He's in his prime right now. Why did we not make Darth Maul a huge part of this film? Probably because... I'm pretty sure they tacked it on at the end. Like they'd they'd done a lot of the filming already, and only when they started realizing, hey, they're talking about this boss. That's not my problem. All right, (laughs) it's not my problem at all. Do you disagree? You you're a big Paul Bettany fan? No, we're talking about my good here at the moment. I agree, Darth Maul was good at the end. I can see why they didn't put him in as the big baddie because of all the shit that happened in the movie. This movie was doomed from almost the get-go with this whole Lord and Miller fiasco that happened. Once they realized all this had happened, they I don't know if they were actually thinking it, but they surely had to be in the back of their mind, let's just try and get our money back on this movie. Okay. Is this a good fear? <laughs> no, because they failed. Okay. Are you are you done with goods? Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, the uh, the train robbery scene was, was pretty decent. I didn't mind that. It's pretty original, the, the twisty yeah. train. Yeah, the, tra- the Twisty Train was good. Uh, I didn't mind Woody Harrelson. But it's, not, it's not a major good. Like, he was okay. He's, He's usually pretty Woody good Harrelson, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in most movies. Let's see. What else? Oh, man. What else is good in this film? Donald Glover as Lando. I thought he was he was hamming it up in a good way. Yeah, he was fine. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what's our goods here? Like, some good acting from a couple of people. Is there anything other than acting that's good in this film? What about the plot? Do you like the plot of this? Well, I mean, what? They got to go get this thing and then they come this back. Thing. It's like Mad Max Fury Road. They got to get some other thing and give it to some guys. Some MacGuffin. They got to get this yeah, MacGuffin. It's just, let's just get them moving around the galaxy. That's all it is. Everyone betrays everyone. Yeah. I didn't love it. <sighs> Can we get onto the bads? Yeah, let's get on the bad. I, I I felt like all this checklisty stuff. Yeah, I agree. It was just so annoying. It's just, let's try as much fan service stuff as we can. Let's try and show you origins for absolutely everything we possibly can. Why not just make a new film? Like, don't worry about the other films. You don't... Like, yeah, you don't... I don't want you creating plot holes that don't fit in with the rest, but we don't need to see... Okay, we're making a Han Solo movie, so what do we need? We need to see when he first meets Lando. We need to see when he first meets Chewie. We need to see when he first sees the Millennium Falcon. We need... And it's like, well, we need to see how he gets his last name of Solo, because that's a thing. We need to get his lucky dice. We need to get his blaster. Oh, like we don't need this stuff. Just either have it there or don't have it there and make a good film. Like, you don't need all this, like, oh, and we need to see the Kessler run that was mentioned in Star Wars. Like, oh, I don't even know what the hell that was. Oh, he mentions it like he brags about doing the Kessler run in 12 parsecs or whatever it is. It's just, uh, we we don't need to. Oh, and of course, we see him shoot first later on in the film. Yep. You know, it's all just stop. Like, it's like they just took everything we already knew about him and gave us a film about that. Like, why not show us some new stuff? You know, like, create new things for Han Solo. How funny is it when you're talking about he shoots first when in the 
the full-blown original Star Wars. Now, they are, what is it? Greedo never ne- never shoots. I just shoots him. And that's it. And they're like, oh, no, no. We've got to make him not be as you know bad of a bloke. So we've got to have Greedo have a shot first. Yeah. So there's a whole big argument about that. And then that comes into this movie. It's like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. This movie's really stupidly long as well. Did not need to be over two hours. Nah, and there's multiple things where I was watching it and I'm just like, oh, why do we need this scene? Like, there's yeah. so many scenes where it's like, this, this is just... So unnecessary. It's not a good film to look at. It's really sludgy and, like I said, dank, grimy. It's dirty. Yeah, it's just, it's not a pleasant film to be watching. There are some okay shots throughout it, like you know, some of the the, the ice mountains were pretty good. When they get to the the cliffs over the water, that that was okay. But it's still super brown. Yeah, it's not. It's just not an appealing film to be looking at. No, nah, no, nah, I I would definitely agree with that. Paul Bettany's terrible. Uh, he's he just does not give off any sort of physical, violent, pre- like like menacing presence at all. No, like, no. did you find him scary? No, I mean, come on. Definitely did you find not. him menacing? Not real. He does have those scars on his face, though, Endo. He didn't even know he had scars know. when he was acting. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. He could have told him, hey, you're going to have all scars on your face. Might have changed his acting a little bit. They obviously watched it and was like, man, this guy is not scary at all. What can we do in post? (laughs) Let's cover his face with scars. (laughs) I thought the the relationship and the chemistry between Alden Ehrenreich and Amelia Clark really wasn't that good. No, I did not think Amelia Clark was good in this at all. She was so wooden. So wooden. Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. There isn't really too much I like about this film. There's a lot of bad. It's, it's overall, it was actually, like, for the majority of the film, it was quite boring. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what, why is a Star Wars movie boring? Exactly. I really think the behind-the-scenes stuff had a lot to do with just the, just the overall choppiness and clunkiness of this movie. Like, when you get have to get another director to come in and reshoot, like, 80% of the movie, like, yeah. it just, it's, it's going to fumble. No wonder the, the budget was so high. Yeah, exactly. All the reshoots and all the shit they had to do, like, Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan, just get your head out of your ass. You could have could have made something. I mean, we, we don't know. Like, maybe, maybe the come footy. Come on, Lord and Miller, mate. Those oh, guys on. have got a great track maybe, record. Maybe it was bad. Like, who knows? No, I don't think it would have been. I think it would have been great. Certainly would have been better than this. Some fun would have been nice. I would, I would have liked some fun. I mean, I don't want to stretch out the review by just continuously ragging on this film. The goods are there. The bads definitely outweigh the goods with this film. I'm going to drop my rating here. I'm going to put it at mm, two stars. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm giving it two stars too. I I have a feeling that's what I'd already given it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, is it? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's the worst Star Wars film so far. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I would happily watch Attack of the Clones over this for sure. And The Phantom Menace. Definitely The Phantom Menace. All right. That is it for our review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Next up in the Star Wars saga will be Rogue One, but that will not be what's coming up next week. We're heading back to the top 250 list. Now, we've got three movies off that list being requested by our patrons. We've put out a poll to all of our patrons to vote on which one they want us to do first. And in the battle of American Beauty, American History X, and Casablanca, the winner by the smallest of margins is American History X. Wow. That's, that, I've been looking forward to this one. I bet you have. I haven't seen this movie in, in many, many years, I might add. It's going to be an interesting one watching it with you. 
Well, what's that meant to mean? I don't think I'll get a word in, mate. Oh, come off it. Don't be silly. Uh, this will be a good one. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for checking out this episode, and we will see you next time for American History X. Bye.